uh, the area I live in is, is well, I shouldn't tell everybody, but it is a beautiful area. Everybody goes to the north of Scotland, up into the Highlands, but actually, southwest Scotland's much nicer. <laughs> We never explore the things that are on our doorstep. You know, you always think an adventure has to be far away, but it doesn't really. Thank you for tuning in to the Every Small Step podcast. I'm Kat, your host for our inspiration series. In this podcast episode, I spoke to specialist nurse practitioner Lorraine Haining. Lorraine is one of the health and care professionals that make up the service delivery team here at Dementia Carers Count. We spoke about how she got started in dementia care, what family carers can do to maintain their well-being, and Lorraine shared a relaxation technique called the five-finger exercise. Hi Lorraine, thank you so much for agreeing to be part of the Every Small Step podcast. Um, You've been one of our associate practitioners for over two years and have just joined the team as a specialist practitioner. So I'm sure that a good few of our listeners will have met you on one of our live online learning sessions or maybe even on a face-to-face course. Um, And they'll be really keen to hear more of your story. So I know your background is in nursing and you've been working in dementia care for a good chunk of that time. Can I ask how you got started in that field? I was a mental health nurse and I originally started out working with adults with mental health problems and I had done some work with the families um, who had a person with schizophrenia um, around an education package, um, which was quite successful. And I was asked to do something with the older adults team um, around dementia education. Um, So I went across on a secondment and ended up staying in older adults because I absolutely loved it. Um, it was such a rewarding um, job, you know, um, the feedback we got from the, the families and the changes you've seen um, people make uh, were so positive. So I ended up staying in that team. Before you started working on that team, did you have much knowledge of dementia? Of Was it something that you knew about and thought, oh, that sounds like something? I had certainly come across it in my training, you know, um, and my training was the old style training. So you had placements in a lot of elderly care wards um, and because it was mental health a lot of the elderly care wards had a lot of people with dementia so I had a, an understanding but I have to say that lots of things have changed over the, the last 20 years I've been working in dementia care most of it for the good I have to say you know so I've seen a lot of positive change yeah great thank you um, what do you enjoy most about kind of supporting family carers and working with Dementia Carers Count? Oh, I just I love Dementia Carers Count because I think they, 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 their values sit really well with me. We, we, ha- we have the same views about dementia. We work from the same models, um, you know, and I think I'm certainly really into looking at the psychological needs of people. And, you know, that everything Dementia Carers Count does is all about that. You know, it, it looks at holistic person rather than just one part of it um, so that that really drew me to the, the, the organization um, and I think actually just you know when you see people coming in in the morning to the session and they're you know maybe a bit stressed or you know upset and then by the time the day is finished they've relaxed they've gone away feeling that they know a bit more and they've usually made companions that quite often a few of them have for life, which is, is really nice. So I think, you know, that's what I see is, is the, the real benefits for, for families who come along to the to the actual sessions themselves. 
even online, I think people still make connections. You know, I know it's yeah. a bit more difficult, but I think still people are making connections online as well. So people that maybe live near each other, you know, are WhatsApping each other. Um, so I think, you know, although we, we don't have face-to-face stuff yet, um, I think uh, people can, people are still finding a way around it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, so our courses are all about building resilience and maintaining well-being while you're caring for someone with dementia. Do you have any tips for the people listening to help them do that? I was thinking about this actually this morning and I, and I think really it's it's about, you know, tell, it's getting the message across that they're not on their own. Um, I think when you're in the midst of, you know, caring for somebody, you just think you're the only person who can do this um, and that mm. you're the only person that knows how to do it when actually there's a lot of other people out there who know how to do things as well. Um, And I think people feel a bit um, ashamed um, of asking for help. You know, they think because they're the wife or the husband, they should be able to do this. Um, And so they they then hold back and and don't ask. Um, But I think it's really about being honest with yourself, you know, that you are at a stage where you, you need that support. I often say to carers that, you know, for them to continue in the caring role, they need to look after themselves because if they get unwell physically or mentally, um, then the caring role stops and, you know, then somebody has to come in in a crisis and it's not always what you would want to happen. So mm. it's actually really good to, to look after yourself in that sense, but also to plan ahead because no, we all know, you know, nobody knows what's in front of them. So things can happen, especially a lot of our carers are older and they've got their own health issues. So I think you need a contingency plan as well. So and I yeah. think that's a safety valve as well for, for people when they know that things are getting difficult, um, if they've got that that safety net person or group that they can go to, um, it can be helpful to, to help them maintain that role that they, they, they carry out on a daily basis. Yeah, I have to say it's really it's been great. I mean, it's certainly in the last few years been amazing advertisement, hasn't there? You know, dementia's really come to the fore and everybody's talking yeah. about it. And it's out there. We've got lots of these, you know, famous people, you know, coming forward and saying that but they've been diagnosed with it, you know, um, and that kind of gives it really good credence, doesn't it? And then I think, you know, if the old footballers are coming forward and saying they've got it, it's older men are then more likely to accept it and, and you know, maybe, you know, um, open up about it, you know. So um, I do think that that's made a, a difference. I think all mental health issues that are highlighted by the media can make a, a massive impact on the stigma that's out there about it. Um, and yeah. I, yeah, and I certainly think um, there's been a, a, a major uh, curve in the road with dementia. It's become much more a, a subject that people talk about. A lot of people mm-hmm. know about it than they ever did. Um, and there's, you know, so much information available about it, you know, um, uh, online as well. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think it it's so important to see like your story or your situation reflected in the in the world around you in the media and having like and it must be so difficult being a public figure and and coming out or the family of a public figure and coming out and saying oh yeah dad has dementia you know um but it does help so much and and even the the carers who come on our courses who then like volunteer to be case studies and tell their stories and like it's just it takes maybe a certain amount of bravery to put yourself out there but it it just it has such an impact on so many people like you know it's it's amazing 
it sort of normalizes it's emotional. it yeah yeah it's true though isn't it i think it normalizes it for some people you know that it, you know can happen to anybody if it can happen to mm. sales or whoever it can happen to anybody you know or barbara windsor i think was was a good example it became really massive when she um and and i think yeah. it does open up people to to talk more about it so i yeah. think media's and i think i still i think we're still just scratching the surface with with the media i think there's a lot more that can be done and again we've got lots of films you know movies mm. you know it seems to be the the thing at the moment but that's great because it really puts it out there again and a, a lot of people use these to kind of map their own journey against it um, and also mm. they learn so many you know things from it you know good and bad yeah, uh, their own situations and maybe how they might, um, you know, um, manage certain situations they come across themselves. So, um, but it just it just puts it out there, I think, um, and normalizes it a little bit. Definitely, yeah, and it and it takes the fear out of it maybe a little bit because maybe you kind of have a better idea of what to do if something like that does happen or of what might be going on if somebody starts to show symptoms. You know, you know, to push kind of for a doctor's visit and stuff like that. Yeah. It is just, yeah. Um, thank you. So we're asking all our guests this series, what small step have you taken to overcome a sense of isolation? And that could like either be in a caring role or over the last year kind of of lockdown. I suppose for me, really, I've well got to grips with IT a lot more. Um, uh, my Both my children live a long way away, one in New Zealand and one in Wales. Oh. So we connect through, you know, um, Zoom and such like, and that but that's fantastic. I mean, I often think what it must have been like years ago when families were away and the only thing they could send was a mm. letter. You know, at least we've got that now. We can see them and we can see their home and their family and their pets and whatever. So certainly for me, that's been a, a great big thing. It's, it's made me feel so connected um, rather than just a telephone call. So so that's been great. Um, I think the other thing for me is uh, I love the garden. So um, mm. you know, if I get out there, I just get lost in the garden and I can spend the whole day, but it's so relaxing, um, really therapeutic, but there's such a reward at the end of it, you know, um, as you can hear the birds in the background. <laughs> uh, so, you know, for me, that that's that, certainly in the summer months last year, that that kept us going. Shortly, Lorraine is going to take us through the five finger exercise for relaxation. Um, but first, Lorraine, can you tell us a bit more about the exercise, how it works and where it came from? Um, this was a, a, an exercise I used to use when I worked with adults with mental health problems. Um, one of the issues, I think, when you've got mental health issues is you tend to think very negatively and it's quite hard to get out of that um, that that zone really and once you're in there it's like a downward spiral so um some mm. people quite often are not aware of negative thinking you know that they're, they're unaware it's happening and you know so that's one of the biggest challenges I think it's called the relaxation and stress reduction workbook so it's a workbook for people to work through you know trying to control and manage their their, their stress um and this little exercise just jumped out at me because it's um, I'm, I, I love reminiscing. So, you know, looking back on things, I'm quite a positive person. So always look at the. So this this really is about taking you, yourself back to positive times in your life and um, reflecting on, you know, what was what was it that happened? Who was there? 
what were they saying to you? You know, mm. what was the setting you were in? You know, what was what was the background noise? Was there music? You know, were there other people there? Um, you know, was there you know with sensory things like smells, etc. Um, and actually, when you get the person back to that point, they sort of go into that place again, and they sort of relive the positive um, feelings that they they got from it. Um, and so there's obviously four different areas that you cover. Um, you're looking at a time when you were really, you know, fatigued, but a, a positive fatigue, you know, so maybe mm. or such like. Um, the next one is about a time when you had a loving experience. And then there's one about when somebody paid you a compliment. Um, and then the last one's about a, a place that you felt was a really good place for you. You know, it might be your holiday beach, it might be a holiday log cabin in the hills, or it could be your, your bedroom, or it could be like me, my garden, you know, so mm. a different place, you know, so, um, and, and it's just taking people back to that moment in time. Thank you, Lorraine, for sharing your knowledge and time with us. And thank you for taking part in Every Small Step and listening to our stories. Your support means more families and friends caring for someone with dementia can access our life-changing services when they need them most. To start your Every Small Step fundraising, sign up at dementiacarers.org.uk forward slash event. The five finger exercise can take as little as 10 minutes, but it pays off by helping you to move to more positive thinking, improves your self-esteem and inner peace, and can be very effective for relaxation. It can be done anywhere at any time, either by yourself or shared with another. Sit or lie in a comfortable position. Close your eyes and take three deep breaths. Let feelings of calm and relaxation spread through your body. Let your muscles relax. And as your muscles let go, become aware of your dominant hand. Touch your thumb to your index finger. As you do, go back to a time when you felt a healthy fatigue. May have been an athletic achievement such as a marathon, a hill walk or a hack with your horse. It may be that you've spring cleaned your house or you've dug over your garden. How did it make you feel? Think about where you were, what and who's around you. What can you see? What can you hear? What can you smell, taste and touch? What did others say to you? And what were you thinking yourself? Embrace that sense of achievement and fulfilment and enjoy those feelings again. Next, move on and touch your thumb to your middle finger. As you do, go back to a time when you felt really loved and cared for. It could be a warm embrace, an intimate conversation, an affectionate moment, a deep sense of belonging or a group experience. Where were you at this moment in time? What was around you and how did you feel? Did the person or people with you say anything? Were there any other sensory prompts such as special song, a piece of music playing, aromas in the air? or that tender touch. Steep yourself in the moment again and enjoy the love bursting in your heart. Next, move on to touch your 
thumb to your ring finger. As you do, go back to a time when someone paid you the nicest compliment, maybe the most flattering compliment that you've ever received. It may have been about your appearance, your nature, your temperament, or something you achieved in life. Take yourself back to the place this happened and look around you, listening again to what the person said and how they relayed this to you. How did it make you feel? Were there any other sensory prompts, such as music playing, a special song or piece of music? Were there particular aromas in the air? Were there others there who were supporting the compliment? Appreciate it again in this moment. By accepting it, you're showing your high regard for the person who said it. You really are paying him or her a compliment in return. Lastly, move on and touch your thumb to your little finger. As you do, take yourself to the most beautiful place, peaceful place or happy place that you've ever been. It may be a favourite holiday destination, a beach or the countryside. It may be your home or your garden, your bedroom as a child or a spiritual place. Look again at what's around you. Take in the view and enjoy its splendour, its comfort and its tranquility. What can you hear around you? Are you enjoying your own company and the solitude? Or are you sharing this place with others? Remember them and how they made this happy place for you. Can you smell aromas in the air? Sweet flowers, the salty taste of the sea, or aromas of food that are making your mouth water in anticipation? Enjoy the moment, absorb the feelings you're experiencing, and dwell there for a while.